I did it. I hit the record button. We're recording. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. The professor. And I'm Jason. Welcome to the Microbrew Review. This is episode 93. Getting closer. And today yeah. on the podcast, we are going on a little summer beer camp. We're going to camp? Yes. I'm yeah. kind of excited about this. This seems kind of fun. So, if I am correct, neither of you knew a whole lot about beer camp. I really had in. no idea that this was a thing. I learned about it 10 minutes ago. <laughs> okay. But apparently uh, it was a big deal. And it wasn't just this year. It actually started a while ago. But this is the first year they really built a whole to-do around the event. Like toured it and all? Or yes. Or they always toured it? Uh, I think this was the first year they actually had a cross-the-country seven-city tour. So um, Beer Camp is hosted by Sierra Nevada. Good folk. And they invite out 12 different breweries from across the country. And they brew, I don't know if they're collaboration beers or just inspired beers. I believe they are collaboration beers. But I know they brew them at Sierra Nevada, so I'm not sure what the exact definition of collaboration. Well, I will give away a little bit here. Our first one is called Torpedo Pilsner, so I'm guessing it is a mix of their Torpedo and uh, Firestone's Pilsner. So this was hard for us. We had to pick, because this is Pennsylvania, even though they're selling them as 12 packs, we had to buy it as a 24 pack. Oh, that was terrible. In this particular (laughs) case, not the end of the world. In this particular case, I get it. Hello. You're punning all over the place. (laughs) Keep going. Sorry. Our logic was, let's start with the lightest beers or the beers that will age least well. So that's why beer number one is a Pilsner. So so they bring out the 12 different breweries. There are 12 different brews, collaboration brews in this case. Correct. And uh, Which is re- relatively unprecedented, right? I mean, you're, they're actually serving a whole bunch of different uh, uh, companies' beers in one case. Correct. As opposed to, you know, just a variety pack from a single brewery. Right. Absolutely. And and that's what's cool about inviting out 12 of what you consider, you know, the best or the rising. Can you imagine how much fun they must have had? The, I, it's sort of like, I, I don't want to bring this up in a way that has any bad connotation because I mean it in only delightful ways. But last night we were at a workshop for an up-and-coming beer company that we're working with in Lancaster. I think we can talk about them, right? Uh, absolutely, Check we can. Check out their splash page. They're called The Case for Beer at thecaseforbeer.com. It's a great concept. I can't wait to share it with the beer lovers in my life. Um, but it only took about 20 or 25 minutes before Ian made three geek references and then finally said, I'm in a room that's safe. Like, these are all people who understand well, me. Well, yeah, no, it was just like... The whole night there was just all these like nerd references and like somebody's phone went off and it was the, uh, uh, I forget which, uh, which ringtone it was, but it was like a gaming ringtone and... Uh, I didn't recognize it, but when they yeah, called it I out did. by name. Uh, yeah. Oliver has it. Um, but finally I was just like, we are just in a room full of nerds right now. <laughs> Everything from like web designers and card playing and... And we were there because we were all craft beer lovers. So I can only imagine if you're in a a group of 12 or 13 of the upper echelon of craft beer brewers in the country, how that must take it to the next level. Yeah. Lots of mustaches. So I'm sorry, which is the one that we're doing right now? Uh, We're starting off with the Torpedo Pilsner. 
Uh, it is a collaboration between uh, Sierra Nevada, of course. So everything we do tonight will be a collaboration with Sierra Nevada. And okay. Firestone Walker for this one. Um, Whom we prefer for their dark beers. Yeah, we were not super impressed with their other stuff in earlier podcast. Firestone um, or Sierra Nevada? Firestone. Uh, Firestone. I love okay. Sierra Nevada stuff. Firestone is the bear versus lion thing. Yes. Right? Yeah, okay. Lion They're wins. the Wookiee Jack. Lion wins. And okay. the parabola... And the anniversary, anniversary and that the has inspired a droid. Yes. Can I ask a blunt question? Sure. Yes. Is Sierra Nevada in the echelon of the people that they invited to this event? Yes. Sierra Nevada is like one of the main reasons that America brews beer. So Sierra Nevada because of their like quality the or because they founded beer. it? Yeah. So because Apple, you know, founded or sort of started the whole smartphone kick. But I wouldn't really put them in the same echelon as a lot of the other so I phones right now. So I consider Sierra Nevada Is a it the same with Sierra Nevada? Do you think Apple is better or worse? Worse. Okay. Because oh, they just of sort of, they rested on the laurels you, and though. didn't, you know, whatever. Not saying Sierra Nevada did that. But when I think of a good craft brew, Sierra Nevada doesn't, to me, typically jump to the forefront. Maybe I, it should, but it doesn't right now. I think of them as a West Coast version of Sam Adams. Mm-hmm. Like, ah. Uh, Put away your skeptical face. I think there's a lot of parallels there. I would say a West Coast version of Dogfish, if anything. No. No. See, that's not the thing. I wouldn't I put it in that completely. echelon. Well, I don't really like Dogfish beers that often. I don't think they're that but good. But Dogfish is more creative and more small and more able to... Yeah, but I think the respect that comes along with Sierra Nevada is more akin to the Dogfish Head brand than the Sam Adams brand. See, that's where I don't I think, think... I think if you talk to any brewer and talk about Sierra Nevada, they're not going to thumb their nose but if you talk about sam adams they might see and that's my thing i feel like they i would agree i feel like they're more the sam adams tier so somebody's gonna go output sam adams levels but i think they're i do agree that their beverages are better can we i got a case of torpedo in my car right now i'm really looking forward to it and i like their narwhal delicious yes it's their uh, imperial stout there's really nothing about Sam Adams I ever seek out except the old Fezziwig Ale. And the summer. Never. No, that's just Sound you. Good. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I need to try more of their stuff then. I think I've just done a few. And like I would say that their pale ale is the quintessential American pale ale. Yeah. It is. It is a perfect example of what craft beer was back in 1995 when craft beer was still learning its role in the u.s i suppose it's still just growing yeah becoming yeah and i mean no they're no longer the west coast extreme super hoppy ipas but they have a different audience than that and i don't know i i like their stuff much more than sam adams for sure what's the last three of their beers you've had blue moon sierra nevada No. no what who does blue moon blue moon really yeah okay um, Sorry. Narwhal, they've been torpedo, by at this point. and pale ale, probably. Okay, and you said you liked at least one of those? I like two of them. So where's your beef? And what's, what's, the, first, what's no, the three you had a, before that? No, it's not a beef. It's <clears> a... Um, and it goes a little bit back to the more reading that I've been doing lately about craft beers in general is, you know what makes a craft beer craft? Uh, you know, is it the output of a brewery? Um, is it the 
ingredients that they're putting into it or whatever. At some point, it's still a high quality brewery that's putting out stellar beer. Sure. At least compared to what America did for the longest time. It's, it just is too big to, to turn on a dime where, you know, and maybe if I went out there and I visited it and I saw it all with my own two eyes. Um, but there's a reason that when I went to Boston, I didn't go to Sam Adams. I went to Harpoon. I wanted someplace smaller, someplace with a little more individuality. Uh, but when I think dogfish, and yes, you're right, even in dogfish, there's probably only three that I'm really excited about and they have a, an entire lineup but they have still their brew pub in the shore point. What is it like Luz or wherever in Delaware that they started that they always have. It's like an iron hill. They always have the experimental stuff going. That to me speaks more to craft beer because you're able to try new things uh-huh. that are really adventurous and exciting and just creative. And when you get to a certain size, you can't afford to do that anymore. But that's what I think beer camp does. Beer camp brings in people with that insight and that excitement and that creative palette. So they have a pretty cool video online where they go through what they did for this. Um, so something like, it's a four minute little video where they got all it the brewers long, talking through. It wasn't long, but it was very well done. Yeah, no, good production value of that and talking about how they're collaborative. I really liked the one quote that they had. So, uh, <laughs> I guess this is Sam, is it Gaglion? Uh, how do, the dogfish guy, yeah. Yeah, the dogfish. Gaglion. Um, he sounds like a mafia boss when they say his name, like it's, but I like his quote, which I have to amend here because we're not going explicit. I don't think I could say that word. Um, is uh, 99% of the beer industry is not made up of a-holes. Is that the quote? Did I do that right? Loosely paraphrased, yes. <laughs> Man, that's I don't, a, I that's the, the exact. general... I don't yeah. edit the podcast. We would have said that word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are other words we train Ned to see. It's yeah. a hole free. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is really neat that the folks are coming together. You know, this is not a hugely, uh, I don't know. It's not as competitive or aggressively competitive as you see in a lot of other industries. It's, it's not the competitive thing where it's like, you know, corporate espionage needs to be. Right. Or if you're a computer person, you're writing code. Like if you invented a new program or a new way to code something that's just revolutionary, you're going to try to keep it proprietary and you don't want to share it because that is your edge on the market. Whereas in so much of beer, if you find a great new way to do something, you want to tell the world because you want them to benefit as well. Right. Yeah. And I mean, this is something we've talked about before. It's a very sharing community. Um, After the hurricane and the floods in New York and stuff, brewers that were not affected were reaching out to brewers that were affected and saying, hey, you know, keep brewing, come use our space. We got empty tanks, we got supplies, like come do your thing. Um, so, it, I mean, it's just a, it's just something about craft beer. It's like nerds that are just awesome. So we're gonna go back to the fact that we are drinking our first Pilsner in say 50 episodes <laughs> right now. It's been a while. I don't remember the last one. Uh, Imperial Pilsner. Crooked Smile. Crooked Smile. Yeah. Um, I just want to see the bottle. I still don't love Pilsners. Nope. I do like... This came up in our workshop last night. There's a little hoppy forwardness to it. There's um, a lot of citrus to it. Yeah, there really is. It's the torpedo. Well, that's very possible. So torpedo is what? A double IPA? Mm Mm-hmm. So it's kind of very adventurous to mix a double IPA with Pilsner. But what we yeah. also learned is that there's something to be said for a Pilsner body or a Pilsner malt that doesn't 
necessarily take over the whole right and it's not like they're it's not like they're taking equal parts torpedo and like they're brewing it all Super together clear. using would call that a champagne yeah. of beers if i'm looking very, at it very in pilsnery the, looking yeah. In the, yeah the coloring and it, i get more of the citrus on the exhale than anything yeah i would agree and it's Fruity and floral I would, is the uh, description they have on here, and yeah. I fully agree with that. That is really nice. But I would put it From in a regard, different league of fruity and floral than, say, the IPAs that we would call fruity and floral. Does oh, that make yeah, sense? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. I mean, those, those you to me, you're, tastes like you're drinking a garden. The nice yeah. part this is... This one is very definitively a pilsner. Yeah. Correct. It feels like it a, has pilsner the body of a pilsner infused, right, infused yeah. with that that floral flavor as opposed to the other way around. Right. As opposed to like a thinner hoppy it's not a, Yeah, it's not yeah, a double IPA, IPA with notes of Pilsner. Right. Jason, is the uh, ABV on the bottle? 5.2. 5.2. Pretty 45, significant for Pilsner. 45 IBU. Yeah, it's not a... Did you tell that story? Yeah, I did. Yeah. The okay. whole... Uh, I think I did on the podcast. Yeah, I did. Of the whole uh, trivia question where I felt like I lost the man card or the beer card. I think I said it a couple podcasts ago. I don't remember. I was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one where it does, the, it does sound familiar, though. Yes. The last question was, you know, rate these uh, the, or or tell us what these four initialisms are: uh, ABV, IBU, uh, SG, and uh, what is it? The malt standard gravity or standard gravity. But then the yeah, the malt extract one. What was that one? I, I said only only Berlin would know that. It's like DME. Yeah, dry malt extract. Yeah. I so ABV, you know, uh, uh, alcohol by volume, IBU, international bittering units, SG, standard, uh, gravity. standard gravity, and then the, uh, not standard gravity, is it really? Some specific gravity. gravity. Specific. It's specific gravity. That sounds totally scientific. Yeah. Uh, and then that. the last one is DME, which is uh, dry malt extract. So I apologize to any people that wanted to do trivia and can't use that question now because I just put it on the podcast, but. But thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah. Last night, we met other people who also host beer podcasts. Yeah. Did we get the name of his? But we should do... He's from Philly, so we should do a nice collaborative... Collaborative podcast. Podcast experience. Do you get any chili on this? I get a little bit of... I'm going back to the Infusion podcast where we had the chili and that little bit of kick to it. And when I... Take a big gulp of this. I get that little bit of a... On what part of your palate? Uh, the back of my throat, I guess. It doesn't kick, but I get that... I don't know. I get that I little bit of a chili flavor. Yeah, that I don't be. find anything quite that exciting. All in all... You seem un 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 unimpacted by this. This is, Pilsner. this is the beer I have to drink. To get to the beer I want to drink. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, you're not a I fan mean, of this one. I love the torpedo. I don't really ever look for a pilsner. They're too. I feel like I might actually like this better than the Crooked Smile, which had twice the ABV, but the body not is twice. nicer. It was not a ten four. It was. It was pretty. It was high. like eight. Well, but eight for a pilsner yeah. is. It was solid, but um, it wasn't ten four. It's fine. That's, it's not a ringing endorsement no, or something. No, but for a Pilsner, it's the nicest thing I could say about it is to say it's fine. Well, so it's not hurry style. Up and drink up their little tomato. Um, no, Jason's also too. taking yeah, I got this a bunch time. Left too. Oh, 
Well, I finished mine. Multi, multi tomato. I mean, and this came out of the conversation we had last night when you're talking about gifting a pack of blind beers. We were talking through the experience and the website and how you do it. And I finally realized, I looked at Ian and I said, you have to help me say this. I need both the wish list and the avoid list. The anti yeah, yeah. list. Because if you're buying me beers. Yeah, I wish you wouldn't list. Or yeah. any, yeah, right? Or any of our listeners would know by now, if you're buying the beer mistress, a pack of 12 mysterious, supposed to be great craft beers, she doesn't want pilsners or brown ales. Or not brown ales, right? Yeah. I mean, and maybe if there's one in my pack or, of 12. Or sours. But I would rather have sours and I would rather have barley, wine. barley wines than pilsners and not browns. <clears throat> I will remember that. Now, we did talk about having a mystery beer. And if this were the mystery beer, this I would not be not wholly displeased. Yes. I would be like, okay, a cool concept. I can really get behind it. I love the idea of this collaborative. This is not a steam whistle one dynamic. No. Might as well be Coors and Light. I, I actually think it's quite quaffable. It's I mean, fine. It's not... I would give it There's a... There's some complexity to I it. I would give this it a very a solid and CC+. And flavor. Yeah. Which a CC plus for I'd me and a Pilsner is... I'd probably is, give it a B. That's... Yeah, well, you're more flexible than I am. Mm, maybe I just hate Pilsners less. Possible. <laughs> yeah, if you like Pilsners, I feel like this is going to give you a lot of If you of body, like Pilsners, of, I think you would be very like satisfied. If you like Pale Ales, if you like IPAs. Um, I don't know if IPAs. I don't know if you could do that. Because I really like IPAs, and I don't like this anywhere near right. But if you like Pilsners and IPAs. Yes. I think you like both. I am skeptical of a beer that is too clean. That said, I feel like if you like Pilsners and you like IPAs, you like them for very different reasons. So mixing them together, maybe just kind of a bland version of things that you like. It was very Perhaps. hard for me not to serve Jason one of the white IPAs tonight. Okay. So if you listen to episode the last, was that 92? <laughs> episode the last, yeah, that's 92. Um, the Star Hill White IPA, because after our little bit of an epiphany on that episode, we realized it goes so well with very many foods that we love to serve. I went and bought out all of the Star Hill White IPA I could find. Wow. I still think it was the best thing that happened to us in that podcast, even though we had four exceptional, unique, and well-made beers. Well, I mean, we had heady toppers, so... Uh, don't... It's Jason. He's right here. What? You've never had Hetty. Did you not. edit it though? I well, did edit yeah, it. Yeah, but like I mean, giving don't... it away. No, I I sat there for a long don't time editing in, that podcast. Don't rub it in. Don't it was rub it awesome. In. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try it sometime, right? You will. Do we, we have any? To it now. No. It's so well, hard. You have to bring we'll, it we'll from get Vermont. Some. We'll make a special trip. I'm gonna say just for Jason, but I'm gonna steal a lot. of it. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be for me too. You're gonna ride up on your unicycle and fill up. Jason, I brought you this. One single can. Why is I don't he know what a, happened to the other 23. Why is he on a unicycle in Because I was real... Because I, I started off on a car, but I drank 23 beers. <laughs> and so and you, I ended up with just a wheel and You downgraded to a unicycle? I it feel like that's safer. harder. It seems like safer. Harder. He went totally wild e coyote off of I can do a lot 22 less clips and mm. kept with losing. A, with a unicycle. Yeah. Okay. So I'm pretty much done with this Jason, one. Jason, race you Cool. Go. We're going to open the next one. Uh, cool story here. Just reading it right off the bottle. I know nothing about it. This is uh, Yvonne the Great, a Belgian-style blonde, a collaboration between Sierra Nevada and Russian River. We love Russian River. Uh, oh, 6.3, yeah. 50 IBUs. 
uh, and the back of the bottle here, as longtime friends, Russian River Brewmaster Vinny Silurzo and our own Brian Grossman are no strangers to brewing experiments. For this collaboration, they honored their friend and renowned Belgian brewer Yvonne de Bates. This Belgian-American mashup harmoniously blends Yvonne's penchant for yeast with Vinnie and Brian's affinity for hops. Uh, sounds so it sounds a little bit like early. Hugh Malone, maybe. That's a what hoppy, you said last week. Well, it's a hoppy Belgian, which is what Hugh Malone is so, and what we had last week. And I will be honest, like. Jason, there were 12 different beers to choose from. One of them specifically enumerated coriander on the label. Ugh. And we did not choose that one. Thank you. Because I love you. you. I feel like I'm trying to expand hey, a little bit, though. I am love. trying to expand. I would be willing to do a little bit more of that. Like the salsas well, that... Darlin, uh, we, we only had three of the 12, so that means that we get there eventually. Yeah. Yeah. We got four more or three more podcasts. Yeah. But I've been doing a little bit better with cilantro, as long as can't. it's in small amounts. As long as it's not the prevalent flavor. Prevailing? Yeah. Presiding? Sure. Prevalent. Whatever. Prevalent. Yeah. I think. I'm not encouraged by the color of this one, though. It's Belgian. It looks as pilsnery as the last one. So I think it'd be really interesting if we move through styles. Yeah. And maybe we shouldn't do beer camp for the next four podcasts, but no. we should revisit often. Especially some of the, the darker ones. We could last for a little bit. But, like, I would say before Christmas, we should have finished off this case. Agreed. And I think we should move in... Can I tell you the great idea they came up with at work? Yes. When I was telling them about the beer podcast? Yes. Uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago when it came up and we were at episode... Mm, kind of fruity on the nose. 88, Ooh, that's 89. Neat. Sorry. Um, the guy across the hall happens to be a huge fan of liquor. He likes to just drink straight vodka. Good that for him. sounds like an alcoholic more well, than Well, but he's, <laughs> you know, he's a nice... 46-year-old father of two, and his whole point is... So I'm basically, sit on he has a lot of need to drink. Yeah, probably. Um, I like this. But I was telling him about yeah. our podcast, and he said, oh, so if you're already in the double digits and you do one a week, you have to be coming up. And I was like, on episode 100? And he said, no, I was thinking 99. And I just looked at him like, why is 99 a thing? And he goes, come on, it's a theme. You've got to do something awesome for 99 Beer podcast on the wall. Oh, 99, 99 beer podcast. Yeah. That's I was true. like, oh, I'll have, have to figure that out. Also, who remembers that? Like, who comes up with that in a conversation? That's crazy. Uh, apparently, a guy who likes to drink vodka and yeah. has a couple of kids. I really like this. I do, too. Quite a bit. It's, there's a lot of spice to this. Can we get the name again? Yvonne the Great. That's Yvonne a triple. That's that's Belgian. See, but I'm not usually a triple fan, and this I well, really like. But it's clear. Like. You don't have the same wheat body, and yeah. um, it's very well filtered, so it's cleaner. Yeah. Um, I cannot believe they look There's the same, pepper. but taste so different. There's like pepper and spice. That's really nice. That is. Ha. Good I for rhymed. you, sir. No, I like this one very much. Anything um, insightful in the label, or just? No, just I mean what I already read, sixty-three percent. Um, wow. What was the what was the but one that we had that was so peppery that it kicked you in the back of the throat? We did it in the hotel. The peppercorn. Room. That was yes. The peppercorn. The peppercorn one. triple. Uh, this has a lot of that same peppercorn flavor Elysia? to it, but it does not. Yeah. It does not kick you in the back of the throat the way that that one does or did. It's, it's got like a red peppercorn on the no, like on the exhale, but on the finish, there's no strong bitter 
pepper. Does that make sense? I ha I still have pepper on the finish. It's just not. But there's nothing about it that says spicy pepper or. Yeah. It's not hot and doesn't have that back of the throat. Right. Uh, like chili. But that's why I feel thing. like. So in a typical triple or um, pepper blend, you've got white peppercorns, red peppercorns, See, I don't even know, and black peppercorns. I don't peppercorns. even know if pepper is in this. I think it's just kind of a. Yeah. The way that the flavors combine. I feel like I'm combined. picking up the red peppercorns. That's really neat. So the last one I was kind of eh about. Very this one. Not far off on IBUs, right? It's just five. Five more. Yeah. yeah. But a more balanced flavor somehow. It's really nice. I would I would get this one on its own. If they, do they they don't sell them on their own, right? These no, are they're just, just they're one offs. But they right. do sell them on draft because I've yeah. had a few of the beer camps at better beer bars on draft, but I didn't know. A lot of times they don't explain That'd it on the beer a menu. Bad name for a bar. A better beer, beer bar. Camp. A better beer bar. Oh. Alternative. BBB Better Business Bureau. Just saying. Sorry. No, I just I think I had two different beer camp beers on draft. But even though it was at a, a higher echelon beer bar, they didn't necessarily say more than who the collaboration was. So you knew nothing about it per se. Um, sure, you just, you know, these two brewers made right. this beer. So this might be pretty awesome on draft because if it's already this flavorful out of the bottle, sometimes they think there's a little more you can pick up when it's on draft. Yeah. So... Uh, can I bring up a story real quick that I uh, was talking to a guy at work about? Of course. Double Jinko. This is related to nice. Double Jinko, which is not what we're drinking. Apparently, he is a gigantic gin fan. There uh, are not many of those in the world. There are not. There uh, are more than you think. There were a lot more in the 50s uh, and the 40s. And in the Netherlands. But he... Lowering uh, 20s? I guess no, I had not really talked to him about the double gin co. Somebody else was talking to him about it. I get, uh, one brilliant. of the guys that I work with. Well, they were talking about it because I took it to his party and I, I was serving double gin co's. And so, so he was telling folks about it. So did you take both the double sin co and a bottle of gin? Or? No. So the double sim co I brought and then he had gin. He has okay. tons of gin and all that. Um, but not blue coat, right? You can't get that down there. I would love to do a double gin co podcast where all we do is drink double sim co, but in very small quantities with like six different kinds of gin yeah i think that'd be a really good idea because, because it has tasted so, very different so very different is passionate about the difference in gins they can be so very different you can get like really we berry to, we can get a lot of pine you can get we went to uh jack's firehouse one night and all i wanted was a martini and i swear to you i'm pretty sure now in hindsight all i wanted was olives and so i i ordered a martini with blue coat gin and like double the olives and they just kept refilling my olives all night. I didn't actually want the drink. I just wanted to keep wow. eating the olives. But Chris sat down next to me, said, I'll have what she's having. I like a good martini. And he hates blue coat in a martini, which is apparently a local gin that I only learned recently is yeah, it's just only still in local. Pennsylvania. I guess it's made somewhere in the Philadelphia area, but it's a very floral, flavorful gin. It's one of my yeah. favorite gins though. There's, there does seem to be quite and a, a it's range It's different from of the English gins, gins, but it's more similar, I think, to the, the Dutch gins. Um, more um, more citrus and floral and less piney, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm sorry, your story. But the story totally is uh, that this guy, when he'd heard about it, he's like, so wait, what did you what did you mix with gin? And I said, oh, you take double Simcoe, Weyerbacher double Simcoe, mix it with gin, it makes a really great drink, double gin co. He's like, why would you do that to gin? 
Oh. I said, what? What are you talking about? It's amazing. He's what you're like, really no. doing is saving the Simcoe. <laughs> you are, yeah. Well, so he was, uh, yeah, the Simcoe hops, yeah. So he is a huge, huge gin fan and does not think that it should be adulterated with any sort of uh, Does that mean he had a house else. full of excellent gin? Well, no, this wasn't the guy that was telling the story. This was the guy he was telling the story to who loves okay. gin. Yeah, the... the did, uh, did this guy ever try it? No, he wasn't there. He, so he just heard about it. He's not a big beer guy in general, so that could be very well part of it too. That he's so you know, he has what he likes, and he doesn't want to deviate from. Yeah, it. and like I understand the you know why ruin a good thing by adding something to it. Can I ask a question for yes. you? Yes. Do you know what he, how he drinks gin? No. Okay. I don't know any. I didn't other know details. if it was gin. Straight that was the first time Martinez I'd learned that he liked okay. gin. Sorry. Go on. Um. Just the idea of like, why would you ruin this by doing something to it? It's a funny quote or a funny saying, but there's really no truth to it um, because... It's the same as the infusion thing. Well, same everything argument. is made up of other things. And so, yes, maybe this is like the best gin in the world. And maybe it's perfect by itself. But that doesn't mean that it couldn't also be tasty in a different way. Um, and, you know, an Irish car bomb, it's a bit of a... Cliché? It's a bit of a lot of stuff. You know, and there's not a lot about it that's like, I mean, the name is offensive. The <laughs> mixture the of ingredients are amazing. It's like, like melted ice cream. Yeah, it's so fantastic. It's pretty friggin' delicious though, if you do it right. Uh, and my dad is always like, oh, "I'll never do one of those." Like, why would you ruin a good Guinness? And it's like, well, you can't think of it as drinking a Guinness. You're drinking this other drink. Uh, so it's not. I don't like double. You're Cinco, not ruining but gin. You put the you're, right gin you're in drinking. It. A really good beer with some additives. Did I tell you guys the Dirty Girl Scout score, uh, story <clears throat> on the podcast? Does it involve mm. a short skirt? No. A long jacket. jacket. <laughs> um, so apparently, you guys have heard of a Dirty Girl Scout, right? Absolutely. We drank them all heard the time of. in the sorority. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I talked about that at work the other day, and I said, "Oh, have you guys tried the dirty, you know, something Dirty Girl Scout?" And they said, what? What? Said a, d- a dirty they Girl Scout. They wanted to make sure and she they was said, legal. They're like, uh, that not. is not a thing. I said, absolutely. Everybody knows what a Dirty Girl Scout is. Yeah. You just haven't heard of it. I pulled the office. Nobody else knew. What? With the exception of one other person who sits in like a weird it's, corner of the office. <laughs> You're like, we don't even know his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not sure how he got there. Uh, so apparently this is not like a normal thing. I had to go look it up and, and print out the recipe for folks to actually believe that this was a real thing. It's, it seems, it's, it's very similar to a grasshopper. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I was really surprised about that. Is it like thinking, a Philly thing maybe? It, I guess it could be. Or a PA thing. Yeah. Or, yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's certainly like regional cocktails. But like, and maybe it's the, there is an abundance of Irish in the Philadelphia area. Which maybe makes it a little more popular because, like, I mean, I first had it at Irish pubs. It was like the shot of, the house shot kind of. The um, first time it was really a thing for me is I was in a sorority and I went to an informal cocktail party. It was the first time in my life I ever did that whole drink on Friday night puke rally drink on Saturday night thing. Wow, I've never done that. Um, nah, it was your fault. I've never it, done the puking, but it I was the certainly first, drank more than it one It was the first row. Friday night that I was home, like home in college and not performing. So it was basically Halloween weekend. Um, went to a fraternity, drank too much, 
woke up, threw up, did homework. Was that the mixed drink with the... Oh, yeah. That was a good night. Um, <laughs> woke up, did homework, watched some college football because I had friends playing. I had friends playing. That's why. Not because I cared a hoot about college football. And then I remember just feeling like death and going, what am I supposed to do now? I have RSVP'd to go to this cocktail party. And I went with Jeff Hahn, who was like the most teetotaler guy yeah. in all of our... Um, I don't trust him. <laughs> he not tea party so we went together as as unofficial dates still don't trust him and they said bring your favorite thing to drink and because he was jeff Hahn, he brought just a half gallon of orange juice wow what a richard <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i get it i get it um but at the sorority themed cocktail party or sorority hosted i guess that i was having they had Four house drinks, which was basically we're only going to ever guarantee that we have these five or six different mixers, basically, which was great because Jeff Hahn brought OJ and of course there was a whole lot of peach schnapps, so that worked easily and whatever, but one of them was the Dirty <laughs> Girl Scout. But nobody got drunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and if they did, they had But one of them was the Dirty hangover. Girl Scout, and I just remember having my first sip of it going, oh, Oh, this is going to end badly. As someone who loves like ice cream. It's kind of like and... a platinum white Russian. It where is it's just so... like, Well, white Russians are drink too, so that makes it's sense. It's my drink. Yeah, I mean, how could you go wrong? It's just like cream, delicious, and Mostly booze. you can only go wrong when you get fat. The problem is they're so good <laughs> they're that so they make you calories. fat. Yeah. Yes. I told you I used to drink a pint glass of white Russian. Wow. When I was in college. So I would drink Guinness. Is that not like 1,200 calories in one glass? I would drink Guinness all night long. And then like as I was closing out, I'd be like, I can't tell you how many times I closed out Sweetwater. And they would always be like, ah, you want one more? And I'd be like, yeah, let me get a white Russian in a pint glass. How <laughs> much so does that cost? It's like $50. They like five bucks. Wow. wow. They liked me. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. They would charge me like, nor- like standard price, but they would just build it in a pint glass for me. And like, you know, pack it with ice. They'd pour the Kahlua in. Um, they pour the Bailey or not the Baileys because it wasn't a platinum. It was, there was milk in that one, unfortunately. Um, but I would just sit there and that was like my, I'm going to drink a glass of milk before I go to bed. They're delicious though. They're so good. Yeah. It's my favorite cocktail period. Probably. Why do they go that direction with drinks? Why do you go up? Why is the normal, the cheap stuff, and then you want a platinum to make it better, as opposed to the normal being the better Jen stuff. Jen Kiefer had an the intervention being with like me the other night. It doesn't matter class. the fact that I am 32 years old. I do not know what the term well drink means. And I'm pretty, I don't think I've ever had well liquor. I'm pretty sure it's because I drink beer and wine more than anything else. But I was at an event recently where they give you a couple drink tickets, and they say this is good for you know beer, draft beer, house wine, or a well drink. What does a well drink mean? I don't even know. Do you really not know? Like, do you want me to tell you? I don't know either. You can try to tell me, but will it, whether or not it will stick is up. So I think Jack's is a good example. They have that horseshoe bar and they have those shelves with all the all their bottles down there. Sure. And then there's the area where Matt normally pulls from, like right above the ice buckets. There's sure. that metal kind of rim where all the bottles are shoved in there. That is a well. Uh, and the well is normally... It's your it's You're your passable, base ingredient, but you might not have a. It's always the cheapest. Yes. Uh, and just depending on what bar you're in. But the place it I went to, quality. you could only ever have one liquor in whatever you were asking. So you could ask for 
like a rum and coke. Sure. And because coke was the main and you could do well rum, that was okay. But if you asked for any cocktail that involved more than one of the well liquors. You were at a bad place. Howl at the Moon. What? The piano bar. The piano bar. Oh. Downtown? Yes. Oh, that's where you went? Yes. <laughs> Not on purpose. It was a work event. I was forced to go there, that's but it was fine. free. I don't know. As Jose is like to call it, Howl at the Poon. <laughs> I just, I felt like an idiot because they said, well, drinks. And so I went up and I, I don't even remember what I ordered, but I felt like it was a very basic cocktail. And she said, well, I can't make that for your free drink because it's got more than one liquor in it. And I was like, okay, so what you're saying is you can have a mixer and a... Yeah. But that's not what a well drink means necessarily. A well drink is... See, this is why I don't know. A well drink is stuff that you pull from... You're saying a Jack liquor. a Jack is probably a higher end... Not necessarily. It really depends on the bar. Okay. Your well can be Vlad or your well could be Belvedere. You know, if your well is Belvedere, then you're probably charging $25 a cocktail. Because and this that is means why I avoid is... cocktails, because yeah. I don't know the difference. Yeah. Well, that's not true. I mean, you appreciate different bourbons and scotches. and sure do. I mean, that's the difference. You just might not know it in vodka at And the a killer platinum white Russian. So good. All right. We got to kill this beer and move yeah, on. Yeah, we got to get moving on here. I am really tipsy already. <laughs> So one more is going to be interesting. I think in different directions as I'm you said that. I'm pretty sure they did. I looked so. at both you and Ian just now. At the exact same time? Yeah. I, I'm a little concerned by the fact that every time you pick one of these bottles up, I can see straight through it. I'm not used to that. Well, look, we well, started these are with the light three lighters for a good reason. I guess. Uh, so this is a Ballast Point collaboration. So I'll, I'm really excited by... I think we picked like three great breweries this evening. Uh, I didn't love the Firestone, but I'm not shocked that I didn't love it. Yeah. Pilsner. Um, yeah. It's like a four-letter word. And also just like, I love Firestone. I don't like anything they've done that's not dark. Dark. Yeah. And, but that's fine. Uh, this is 8.5, 70 IBUs. Rain in your eyes, Jason. They're about to go floating. Mm. It's Electric Ray India Pale Lager. India Pale Lager is a very unconventional phrase. Yes. Yeah. Also, what are the I flavors? Predominant flavors? So, uh, as ever, San Diego's Ballast Point looked to the sea for inspiration. A play on the fish's scientific name, Torpedo Californica. Neat. Interesting. Electric Ray pays homage to our hop torpedo. So, we've had torpedo twice tonight. Uh, the source of much of this beer's big flavor. Its massive grapefruit and floral notes deliver a high That's voltage hit. That's promising. Massive. Huh? So, do all of their do all of Ballast Point's brews have that like pufferfish type thing or rock? Uh, fish? They all have fish. They're themed. different fish, actually. Yeah. Oh, they're all different fish. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like they have the Big Eye IPA, which is a a bass, maybe. Uh, That's twice I've done that to you. I get lazy and I try to pour straight down. I called him out on it last night, too. I called myself out on it. I was like, bad pour. <laughs> he, he poured himself an absolutely beautiful well, my pint. My glass was right in front of me. And then he sort of reached <clears throat> across the table, and the angle was awful. So he got... You got two ounces, and the rest was yeah. head. Yeah. Well, and he sort of stopped and sat and looked at me like, that. don't drink that. Don't really drink that. I mean, I'll fix it eventually. 
It were, it's really just an angle thing. It's okay. Like an angler fish. Hey I'm bringing it back. I, I had that when I was a kid because we would play go fish. But go fish, it wasn't like, I don't have any threes. It was actually a card game that had fish on the cards. Yeah. So you could say, do you have any trout? Or whatever. It's not when you live in the country. That's how you find... Apparently nothing's weird when you live in the country. I saw an Amish kid on a bicycle without pedals. It was weird. It's not a bicycle if it doesn't have pedals. Well, what was it then? It was like a scooter bike. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. It's like a a glider. It's like a plane glider, kind of. Yeah. Or what was that razor thing that they had? Yeah, but it was like a razor. Well, razors are still popular, but it was like a razor if instead of having two tiny wheels on the front and back, you put a bike on the front and back. Like it just didn't have gears and like. I didn't understand the point of it. Yeah, you just you just go down hills on it, and then you walk up the hills. You get up like halfway up the hill, and then you can walk. Or you do like a scooter. Oh, yeah. Or I'm scoot. Yeah. I just don't understand. Like, why can't you pedal? Is it like the Amish can't even use gears? No, gears well, are fine. Gears. It's not electric. I mean, they have bikes. Oh. I don't know. I've seen it like two or three times with Amish people, though, and I was like, is this a thing? Or yeah. Is it just like a fad running through the Amish communities right now? <laughs> <laughs> sure there's a lot of fads running the cool the amish kids yeah They're like hey i got my new sk- bike scooter bike scoot bike i, I am gonna the rich kids <laughs> yeah but... are there rich amish is that a thing what so, do they do with their money this is gonna sound ridiculous and completely unrelated but i'm really excited and proud um i was one of the first 30 members of an online group called Lancastrians Against Amish Exploitation. Right. L A. It not never meant to be a okay. Um basically saying, as Jason and I will admit over and over again, many of our neighbors are Amish and I grew up in Lancaster County and so there have been a lot of Amish in my life. And it's one thing to say I have toured in Canada, and I have played in Amish, but people knew that I wasn't, versus a lot of the quote-unquote reality shows that are out right now where they're pretending to be true to life, and it's actually just a scripted thing, which if you read the fine print at the very, very end, which no one ever seems to do... I don't know why there aren't laws that basically say, like, hey, you're a news organization. You can't lie. Hey, you call yourself a reality TV show. You can't not be real. Well, reality TV is still so new in terms of the genre of, you know, television. But anyway, it's been a very amazing two months in terms of getting support from the Chamber of Commerce for Lancaster and the Visitors Bureau and a lot of... It's just... I've been very excited because... Well, all of those I understand that I'm a little backwards in whatever, but I'm going to say that if you want to go online and check it out... um, Hey, I think... That it's a great cause. Uh, nobody should be, nobody should feel like they have to move because they become zoo animals. Um, and of course, the Chamber of Commerce and stuff wants them to stay because they are zoo animals. Well, kind of the point has been <laughs> in the last here fifty and... years, there's been a whole ton of tourism in the area because the Amish are still unusual. You know, it's something that you. You don't just run into well, they're actually if you're hanging out in Illinois unusual. or you're hanging out in Colorado where, where everything not is run so into connected right now though and everything is so digital and so to find places where 
But wouldn't you rather know what the real Amish are like Absolutely. than what the portrayed on television yeah. Amish are like? I'm so. just saying that they are becoming even rarer. I think, you know, 50 years ago, that lifestyle might not have been that weird. Or, you know, 200 years ago, it was like, that was everybody's lifestyle. Um, it goes back to what we were saying last night at the beer thing when we were discussing the challenges of beer and cases and procuring new exciting things in Pennsylvania is we were founded by Quakers. And somehow if you look at all of our government and you know how our laws are written, we're still kind of Quaker. We're still very Quaker. Okay, so let's talk about the beer since we haven't done it at all yet. What do you think? Did the Amish drink? No. No. Ugh, they're the worst. <laughs> Get rid of them. So this is supposed to be massive hoppy notes and floral notes. Definitely more hoppy than our first Pilsner experience Not this a evening. Big, I don't get a lot of lager out of it. I disagree with the word massive. I just caution you on the fact that I think recently West Coast hops to the extreme is the only thing recognized as like quote unquote massive. And the truth is if you go back to the origins of the style, this is still pretty darn bitter and hoppy for what people would consider hoppy beer. This is still stronger to me than a, a typical, say, straight-up IPA. I think it is more bitter than that. See, I don't, I don't know that I would agree with that. And maybe it's just that I haven't had a lot of straight IPAs. I'll have doubles. and. I think we seek out the doubles. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, that's I mean, more our, what our, our palate... palate is messed up. Not average. It's not average. Uh, I mean, most of the stuff we drink is always... It's either something we've never heard of or like something that's like super extreme... So do you and think this is something that would get people into hops, or or you know, is more I think of a mild version for people that don't like it? To get people into hops. Yeah, um, I think That's that this really one could be very overwhelming for some people. Yeah, this is a little extreme in some ways. In some ways, I wish um, we didn't end with this one. I think it's one of the strongest flavors of all the ones that we've tried so far today. Here is my asterisk. But that pepper one is on really... this whole experience. I am not usually drawn to the word lager. But the body of this is, to me, not a lager. Mm -mm. Um, it's Lager is very single-dimensional. When I think of... Uh, I think Yingling. I mean, yes, I'm a local girl. So when I think... Or Lion's Head or... Sure. Um, but the color of this is not a lager color. The no, flavor profile of this is... very double IPA looking. It's got a syrupiness to it, yeah. But not in um. Do you think body when you say syrupy, or what do you mean? Um, just on the tongue. It has that syrupy, it sort of coats your tongue like syrup does. Um, it certainly lingers. There's some actually some sweetness to it. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I like it. I don't like it as much as I liked uh, the blonde that we just had, the Belgian. Uh, but they're two very different styles of beer. I think my official is uh, 231. I would what agree. I preferred. Favorite ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I do love Belgian styles overall. And um, I used to once upon a time. I don't know what happened to me. And I don't. I don't want to downplay the fact that the pilsner we had first is probably the most interesting pilsner I've had. Probably in a the long best time. pilsner you've ever had. You putting words in my mouth? Yeah. Am I wrong? <laughs> words? Are you putting pilsner words? Am I wrong? I. I don't. Name another Pilsner that you think is better than that. There are no Pilsners that are good, so it's really uh, hard to say. That was not the question. That was not the question. 
It was it was a very best of the you did the best of the worst podcast. You can do this. It was a very stellar pilsner. Speaking of, we need to do another one of those. We have not done one of those in a long time. But, but best of the blank. What would you envision our next go round being? Like best, best of the, the best. IPAs, best of the double IPAs, best of the yeah. We triples. can pretty much pick any style and just say. I want to pick a I so. Or best of the best, Jason, the top rated four, ten beers on we'll Beer Advocate. What are difficult your, to find? I'm yeah. sure, but. What are your two least favorite beer styles? Least favorite beer styles triple. Belgian triple. Belgian triple. Uh, and then after that, I'm trying to think. Hefeweizen. Ian? Oktoberfest and Pilsner. Not even Roche beer? That's for sure. No, I don't hate Roche beer. It tastes like bacon sometimes. Okay. Nothing bad about bacon. And mine oh. is Pilsner and Nut Brown Ales. So we have to come up with one more because we can't have two Pilsners. No, but we should, if we're going to best of the worst, we should find some style we all really don't enjoy so that we're forced to like find new yeah. dynamics in that style. I'm glad you didn't say barley wine. I'm growing. I know. I think we broke you on that. <laughs> that was a great podcast. I'm growing. Just let that it go. That was a great <laughs> podcast. No, I, shh. No, Avery Even at the helped. end of that one, you were like, there was only one that you really hated. There were three that you were like. I could drink. Also, Avery. Hog yeah, Heaven's. Hog Heaven's just brilliant. Oh, why isn't Avery on this list? And They're like Berlin, around the corner from them. Though, but Verlin's oak aged well. You mean the matured. one that I have three bottles of in my basement right now? Still, shh, nobody go into my basement. I'll kill you. There's straps. <laughs> There's straps. Is that straps? Traps. And straps. Oh. and chains and a pit. Wow. And a dog. It's like Indiana Jones in his basement. Just oh, I was to thinking keep more you... like Hannibal Lecter. Okay. Well, the other guy. I have no idea what's going on. Neither right do now. I. I Silence don't watch the scary things. So, really? Jason, your Puts favorite beer of the evening skin. was? That's the one. What? Uh, two. Yeah, same thing. It would be the same order. Two, three, one. Wow, we all agree. Yeah, I'm not, which is I'm weird, not shocked in this, in this particular experience. But I think, am I wrong in saying we all respected the Pilsner for what it was? Yeah. I think this is the first time yeah. in a long time we've all said nice things. I respect nice all three of these beers. Okay. I'd say they're all C or better. I mean, it's it's one of those where we're we're picking between good beers. So it's as not I've been bad. listening right. above to average beers, the podcast, I've realized that we perhaps misunderstood Mr. Chris's rating system. No, he told us that in person. I still like mine better. Okay, well, I disagree. I think Chris's point as a professor is that if you're going to look at a piece of work, you don't necessarily need the A plus to F minus. You can usually figure out the quality of work based on A, C, or F. Right. It's either you've done a far superior job, you were like, really, you nailed it out of the park, you went above and beyond, you get or an Or you a, missed the point. Or you did just like, you did, you did the job, you did the challenge and completed it, and that was a B, or you didn't get it at all, and that's an F. And so when I took that. When we first listened to him describe this, we thought that if we did three beers, then one beer had right. to be an A. And they could one... all be A's. So the zero, the check, and the check plus system, basically. Yes, yes, more or less. But when he first explained it to us, and obviously on a typical podcast, we drink three beers, we thought that one beer had to be the A, or the check I plus. I just like having one beer. See, that. I don't agree with that. But that no, and his the, point that was that's not that... true. Each beer and its own right yeah. 
should be one of those three. Right. Right. You rate each beer on ABF. But I like the idea of saying ABF. So if we were to do that with this one. Which one? I would say number two is nay. And number three and number one were B's. B's. Yeah. Or C's or whatever. I don't think we had any actual Fs. No. No. I think they all did. And that's the point. Sierra Nevada invited out people, brewers, who knew their stuff well enough to be B's and C's. Like... A's and, and B's. Sure. You said B's and C's. Well, but I mean more like the A's we already called out. But there are probably Pilsner lovers in the world who think this is a great Pilsner. And it wasn't a bad Pilsner, but we're not Pilsner lovers. So if we're saying this Pilsner's a B, that's a huge accolade yeah. from our... The Pilsner mm-hmm. also would have been my F in the other rating system. If you had to do an F, right. C, and F. If you only had yeah, three I don't like grades that one to give. No. Because it makes it sound like well, they failed and they didn't. And the reason that I don't like it and that reinforced it for me was our last podcast. Because we had four beers that were all really well done. None of them de- deserved an F. None of them, frankly, deserved a C. They were all A's and B's. Well, we didn't do that for the last one. No. There were four of them. It wouldn't have made any sense. <laughs> the point being... Point being, I'm a little tipsy, and I think we, drank we should three watch beers. some Rick and Morty. Yeah, I think yes! we got to watch Rick and Morty. Awesome. This is the second time that we've promoted Rick and Morty on the podcast. I know, yeah. I'm so, pretty stoked about that. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Beer Mistress. I'm at Dashing underscore Rogue. And I'm at, and I'm Jason. And we are kind of on Tumblr now. Ah, uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah. We have been We're not going to tell you where we are. Peer pressured into <laughs> Tumblr. Yeah. Um, we were a little... Devastated to find out that there were other people on Tumblr that are Beer Mistress and Dashing Rogue. So we had to get a little creative oh, with wow. our names. We will find them and we will kill them. Yeah, more <laughs> like Liam Neeson. Okay. So and get their passwords. <laughs> get, yeah. At least the Beer Mistress was talking about beer. The Dashing Rogue was just kind of all about drugs. And I was like, eh, Ooh, wow. yeah, that's, that's not, not what we want to be when we grow up. So we'll figure that out. I never want to grow up. Right. Toys R Us kid. That's yep. all I could think of. Yep. I was thinking more Peter Pan, but that's cool. Uh, in the meantime, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash dashing rogue. And Jason is in the midst of redesigning our fantastic new website. Yep. Oh. Dashingrogue.com. Thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, thanks. I'm going to say one more time. We have received, gee whiz, like 20 different ideas for oh, 100th great. episode. And what we should infuse and in the beers for that podcast. But you still have about three more weeks if you have any other ideas. You also got some pretty stellar ideas. A lot more weeks than already, that. So. We're only at Podcast 93. Yeah, you got like two months. <laughs> but I'm a planner. So if you come up with something, if you're like, I need white Look, truffles all the from fruit, Belgium. Like, I need time. Date, I need time. Of October. Um, so send your ideas for any kind of infusion ridiculousness to beermistress at dashingrogue.com. We should buy more mortars and pestles. Yeah, seriously. I bought mine in Africa. Where are you going to find yours? I don't know. I like Kmart. Walmart? <laughs> Kmart. Yeah. You've never walked into a Kmart. No, but I'm sure they have a mortar and pestle. <laughs> I got mine in the outback of Africa. You're welcome. We're the worst at logging off. Yeah. <laughs> Until next best. time, this is Shannon, your beermistress. Little professor. And I'm Jason. We'll see you then.